Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. On this episode of Mike Drop here, brought to you by the Believe Network, and of course available on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Mike Osti, as always, and we are going to tackle, no pun intended, a pretty hot button issue right now. That makes just me excited, and I know everyone else excited when you get something that everyone's talking about, and that's the case right now with the value of the running back position in the NFL, why it's dipped, why teams maybe aren't respecting the position, why those players aren't getting paid, even the elite of the elite in comparison to other positions, and kind of what's happened over the years from a premier position that could be an MVP of the league to now a position that, yeah, it's going to be rough to try to get mega dollars again. This is Mike Drop here with Believe, and I'm going to have this conversation with somebody that definitely can speak on the transition from where this position was a decade or so ago to now and the perception of it, and that is a former NFL Pro Bowler himself. So I do have Amon Green, who actually is joining me from Indianapolis at Big Ten Media Days there, former NFL Pro Bowler and current host of Amon Green's Gamers Lounge, among many other shows that he'll promote during this appearance. So first off, Amon, definitely appreciate you taking the time. I know you're a busy man, so I'm glad that Big Ten Media Days gave you a moment to jump on here with me. How have you been? First off, yeah, Mike, thanks for the invite. Um, I've been doing well. Um, been busy, you know, doing my job here. At Big Ten, my first Big Ten Media Day, having a lot of good conversations. We talked with Coach uh, Ferenc from Iowa, uh, Barry Alvarez, associate and former athletic director of Wisconsin, and a few players from Iowa. And uh, I think we had a Penn State player or Iowa linebacker as well. So good time sitting here with my group here with 93.7, the ticket out of Lincoln, Nebraska, where I'm at now. I'm the um, director of esports at the University of Nebraska and head coach there. And so, you know, able to connect with, back with some of my old teammates to be on a couple shows that talk about, we talk about things that we, stuff that we were good at in terms of football. <laughs> and, uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure you're still better than, than most, even if you're not, not where you were. But yeah, yeah as you mentioned, a former star running yeah, back in college at Nebraska, and then of course in the NFL, the Green Bay Packers, and a multiple-time Pro Bowler. Yes, yeah, I say, uh, I, yeah, yeah, I say, guys, a guy's over over forty-five. I'm better than them. Okay, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not close yeah. to forty-five, but you're still better than me. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I was never a Pro Bowler in the NFL, so you're always better than me, even though. Yeah. I'm so, and, and also I will recommend to make sure to go have some deep dish pizza. It was just in Indy actually covering the combine a few months ago and Midwest deep dish. I know you're familiar. So I definitely would recommend while you're there for sure. But what I want to talk to you about goes to your pro career and kind of goes to the topic mm-hmm. of the day right now, the hot button topic that everyone is discussing, certainly in the pro game. And that's the value of the running back position. So just kind of start with, 
the news recently of Saquon Barkley, another former Big Ten product, Big Ten at the time, signing on for another year with the Giants and ends up with a high price deal for a year. He ends up getting more money than anyone else gets normally for these situations in a one-year thing. Eleven million dollars. Yeah. Well, there's some incentives there for sure. The problem is he can be be tagged next year. He didn't get the official franchise tag, but it can happen next year. And there were rumors that he maybe was going to sit out. There were even running backs that run a Zoom call trying to fight for, hey, we need our value to be higher than what everyone's getting. Offensive linemen are getting mega deals. Why not us? And yet, at the end of the day, he signs on for this one year this one year deal have to go through this again next year and arguably if he has a great year again they may think his value is lower because he's older and then who knows what mega deal is going to come so off of the saquon barkley deal do you think that was a win for running backs or was that kind of a loss or was just a little bit in the middle because it didn't really to me benefit the uh, of the running backs right right i believe that Unfortunately, I believe it was a bust. And I'm usually positive about a lot of things, but definitely a bust because it was you have a conversation of all the top running backs in the NFL jump on a Zoom or Teams call to talk about their value, to talk about how they can push their teams or teams in the NFL to say, hey, stop devaluing us. We have a lot of value to the roster, which I agree with that. So having this conversation with all the elite running backs is basically saying, hey, this is we're all being trying to get on the same page around the league. Even if guys were already contracted out, like Aaron Jones, he was on that call, Green Bay Packers starting running back, but he set for his contract. But yeah, it was still in the conversation because you want to have everybody aware of what is going on for the running backs at your job. And I so, so Austin Eckler had the idea to do that. And so what's now say Car- uh, Saquon, basically inking the deal just to get playing. It just, in my head, hearing that was just, he probably had the options talking about it with family, talking about it with friends, talking about it with his agent, saying what his best options are. And obviously knowing that if you don't show up to training camp, you're going to get fined, you know, 50,000 a day. That might've been part of it. It might've been other conversations that he maybe had with the team to bring them to the conclusion of, you know what, I'll take the, the uh, the tag, but give me a little bit more, which they did. They give them they threw another million on top to give them eleven million. But this is it's just another blow. You know nothing against Saquon. He had to make a business move. But in the the big picture of what running backs were trying to do with that call and Austin Eckler conversations that he had with other running backs, it's a blow because now it shows that either as a running back, you know. Or as the league, they still could put it out there. This is the, the value of the position. This is what we're going to pay for. We're not going to pay no more than this. Because, unfortunately, with Ezekiel Elliott and other running backs, I say, really, Ezekiel, where he had that big $90 million contract, and then his his gameplay went drastically downhill. And now Pollard has taken over in Dallas. So you have running backs like that that got the money but then didn't, did not um, – they're not, I said the gameplay did not stay consistent. Um, so that's one scenario. Um, but then you look further before Ezekiel Ellis' time, we have a guy like Adrian Peterson who played well into his 30s that demanded that game, that, that the gameplay, but then also the money being there. And so 
you have so many different things going on in terms of this field set. But what I do believe is we are being still devalued. And it depends on, and I think it looks like it looks at each team to what their use of a running back is. And I look at the 49ers and the Ravens, who are definitely run first teams, but they are well rounded between their quarterbacks and the weapons they have. So they can use the run game. They, you know, Christian McCaffrey got picked up by the 49ers midseason from Carolina. So to have him in that offense is something that's going to help that offense grow. So if you have an offense, like the 49ers, like the Ravens, where you're going to run and pass equally, if not more run, then your value is there. But if that team is catering to what the NFL is now, which is a passing league as we know it, then you as a running back, if you don't have catch being a ball catching receiver out of the backfield, along with being a running back mastered, then you're going to find yourself at an issue, at a problem, at 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 an impasse. Saquon had that. He has the running ability. When you put a ball in his hand, he's Saquon Barkley. When you put him on pass routes, he is a, a problem. He is Saquon Barkley. So he had the whole, I call it the whole package, but somehow in his, you know, like I saw his conversations, his interviews, the podcast that he's done to say, hey, Vinci, I'm going to have to have a conversation to see what's going to be my best next step. And he did that. But unfortunately, it's a blow to the whole big picture of, like I mentioned earlier, the NFL running back trying to keep their value in the market at a, at a certain level and more increasingly like every other position is the linemen, you know, offensive tackles, offensive guards, more tackles than guards, their pay raise is going up. Obviously we know quarterbacks pay raise is going way up. We see this with, you know, starting with Pat Mahomes a few years ago. Now the new quarterback from Jalen hurts to Justin Herbert, you know, they earn the contracts on top of it, but then they're skyrocketing. And then wide receivers obviously keep, continue to rise because it's a passing game. So that you know, for my opinion, a blow to the uh, to the try and to the the topic right now. But it's still an ongoing thing throughout the year and throughout the seasons until the NFL GM. I say more coaches, offensive coordinators figure out you know what the value is in terms of percentage per play to then how that equals out and also to pay for uh, running, current running backs, starting running backs in yeah. the NFL. Yeah, speaking here with, with Amon Green, former NFL pro bowler here, joining me on Mic Drop on Believe. And you hit a few nails on the head there. And, yeah, I do think it's kind of a, a loss in a way for running backs because you don't get more elite really than Saquon Barkley in terms of value to a team and production. And it really felt like, he didn't have any other choice but to accept this. Yeah, he gets a lot of money, more than normal for this one-year tag type scenario, but he can be tagged again. And a great year, he could have a tag on him next year and then be very upset with the Giants and sever that relationship. So it's very much in play right now. But if you look at the, the system that they run, you have Daniel Jones, who's a young QB, but the MVP of the team is Barkley. That team's going to go yeah. as far as Barkley takes them. Very similar to you mentioned some of those teams, but also Tennessee with Derrick Henry. Those teams are, are driven by the running back. But Derrick Henry, I believe I, I saw the number. He's made $47 million in his career. He's been in the league about seven years. Think of that. It's a lot of money for, for, for me. But an NFL player, certainly quarterbacks and other positions, they would have made hundreds of millions of dollars at yes. that point being a pro bowler year in and year out. And when that Titan yeah. team makes the playoffs, it's because of him being a running back. So I want to kind of switch gears then from – Barkley, and I do kind of feel like, and you do as well, that it was kind of a loss for the overall collective, to your playing days to now. So for you, 
just watching the league, obviously when you were in it to now watching it from afar, what do you think happened to devalue the running back position? Because when you were playing and you were a pro bowler, you were doing it during an era where Marshall Falk was on a greatest show on turf and he won an MVP over the quarterback and the team got to the Super Bowl and those running backs were getting paid. But then since you left the league and certainly to now, you're seeing teams year after year after year win championships, go to the Super Bowl without an elite running back, do it with a myriad of running backs from the Eagles doing it to the Rams had Todd Gurley. They didn't want to pay him. They go back to the Super Bowl after losing with them. They do it with C.J. Anderson rolling off his couch, making a lot less money. The Patriots dynasty yeah. didn't really include an elite running back, obviously, except maybe the Corey Dillon year. It's been yeah. that style that you don't need an elite running back to win a title. Really, since Marshawn Lynch with Seattle, has there been an elite running back to win? So from what you've seen when you were a pro bowler to now, what do you think's happened to change the NFL team's mentality that they feel like they don't need an elite running back to win and it's totally devalued the position? Um, I say the first thing I see is the is the the fact that when you say elite running back, where they don't have to be, it could be just under elite. Where you saying because the question is is why is NFL's teams going towards this? Because they finding out. I know. I actually I could go back to I think one of the years where you're talking about the 2010 Packers. They won. You know, great guy, a guy who I know, a guy who I mentored a little bit in James Starks. But, you know, he didn't get a lot of play time. He didn't have – he wasn't a high draft pick running back. But yeah. he was a guy that was just enough to give that offense, that Packer offense, a run game during that playoff run and then eventually a Super Bowl champion. And I remember standing outside the locker room as those guys were celebrating, you know, I just got re- – I was with the Texans, got released. This yeah. is the next season. And I'm in, like I said, standing outside the locker room. It had to be hard and, a little bit for you. being a Yeah, it was a little hard, but there's football, sports yeah. is sports. Football is football. Right. Hey, yeah. you know, they didn't pick me up. No big deal. Life yeah. moves on. But I'm at that Super Bowl. I'm sitting outside the locker room. I can hear them they're cheering in there, and I'm standing out there. The doors, I'm standing next to Ron Wolf, the guy who traded for me. Yeah. And he says to me, he, he gives me a hug. Amon, how you doing? I'm like, good. So as we're waiting as the, before the door opens up, he says to me, guess what? He said, I saw a miracle today, Amon. And I said, Huh? And I kind of he said a little smirk on his face. He said, I saw the Packers win the Super Bowl without a run game. And I'm just like, oh, OK, I get it. I get it. So yeah. teams have figured out if we have somebody who can just move the needle just enough, then we could get away with this. Um, but sometimes that you're trying to it's like putting the wrong motor oil in your car. You know, <laughs> you're going to put in the cheap stuff for so long. But eventually you're going to need the good stuff. You're going to need a top back to get you over that hump sometime. So right now, NFL teams are going to try to they're going to get they're going to try to get by with cheap for cheap. Either paying them or finding the caliber of running back that just does enough. You know, and like I said nothing against James Starks. I'm just saying how the team is looking no, at it. I, I totally get it. And I guess from a media perspective yeah. to kind of push back off of that or maybe teams able to say, and you're talking about 2010, so now we're in 2023, 13 years from then, it's happened time and time again. You're saying that maybe you put the wrong motor oil in, you need you need that, that fine-tuned oil in order to really make your car go get over the hump, but maybe NFL teams are going to say, I'm on. No, you don't. We, we have championships that have been won without that elite-level back and with 
kind of a collective group of several backs together getting the overall production. I think that's kind of what teams are saying. They don't need to pay for yeah. one guy when they can have two or three guys getting the 1,800 yards, making a lot less than one guy getting, you know, $100 million guaranteed like quarterbacks and giving you the same right. level of yardage. That'd be the argument. Yeah, and, and, that, and how I fire back to that is basically you got to have the right chemistry of players, personnel on your team to right. say that and do that. So okay. if you have the quarterback, you have the offensive line protection, and then you have the defense to back all that up. And even you got to throw in special teams as well. You have a kicker, you have a, a return coach, or you have a special team coach that coaches up those guys on special team very well. You have those three factors, yeah. and then you have a subpar or above a little bit above average run game that could get you a few yeah, lanes here or, or maybe a run. Right. Right. So right. if you have that nice little personnel chemistry, you yeah. see it at the NBA. You know, NBA started it years ago. You know, as long as you have the chem this chemistry of player, we got one elite guy, then the other four guys can just be enough. They they're defenders. They they all they they know their roles as a rebounder and this that and the other. That for a basketball court, you can switch it to uh, football. It's a lot bigger field, obviously, but then you have those players offensively and defensively. They know what they can do. They could be a sack specialist on defense and a run stopping linebacker on offense and a cover. Uh, what is it? A stop cover corner there. You have those guys in those elements and the right time, the right chemistry can make miracles happen. As we know, we've seen it <laughs> in the NFL. We've seen it in the NBA, Major League Baseball. Yeah. You know, it's almost like you go back to baseball where I think is where it started with Billy Bean with uh, uh, Moneyball, yeah. where you find those players, yeah. the numbers match up just right to where this could be a, championship team but does it look like a championship team on paper no it doesn't um so i think gms are figuring that part out now because it is all about analytics we have guys that work for all 32 teams that their job is nothing about yeah. analytics and if you do that homework enough and it, if you're making that money to do that you are pretty sure you'll put a put together that roster that has the chemistry of all the analytics added up from yards per carry to to tackles to to um a punter that could put it behind into yeah. the 20 where offensives, you know, the opposing offense has to stop, start inside the 20 every year. You had that nice little chemistry. Cause then you can lead to the fact that, you know what, we don't have a, a blow it out the box run game, but we have that run game where we know these running backs, if they do running back by committee, or there's one or two guys that we know we're going to get out of them, you know, 150 out of two guys. Yeah. You know, and these are third round, fourth round, or maybe free agent guys that we picked up, but they're coached very well. You know, they can hold on to the ball. They're going to catch the ball. They're going to, this guy is a better screen runner than this guy who's a, who's basically a downhill runner. Then we can then keep the defense yeah, honest. Right. Yeah. Then we keep the defense honest because now they got to check who personnel is. If they see the running back that's a screen guy and they're really built now try to try to stop the run on the next play they got to be aware of that so it creates problems it, it makes it makes the other team stay on their toes so that's where this where you know the value is going down you know and it could depends on the, and then like i mentioned it depends on the situation for the team that's going to try to have the you know the part of running back by committee or just a main dog that's going to get all the get all the runs in all the plays yeah, I'm on Green here for NFL Pro Bowler. Joining me on Mic Drop on Believe and everywhere you get your podcasts, again, Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, etc. Now, you're correct, 100%. Everything you said is very, very valid. 
the other end of it, I guess, what NFL teams are probably saying too, and not only do they feel like they can get the production from a collective, and whether that be off of really studying analytics, whether that be just feeling like you have two or three horses that are going to be cheaper that can get the production for you, or like the 2010 Packers had, like you mentioned with the Kansas City Chiefs have had in recent years, their new kind of dynasty with Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, during the Patriots run, Tom Brady, obviously even what happened with the Bucks, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. You're talking about Hall of Fame, elite-level quarterbacks. When you have those guys, you maybe can make up for having a dip in other production. You maybe don't need an elite running back when you have a Hall of Famer. The Chiefs don't need that position maybe to be as elite as a Saquon Barkley when you have Patrick Mahomes. So that's one end of it. But the other end of it that also is being said, that the owners are making clear, is they're concerned about the shelf life. It's even the Le'Veon Bell debate from years ago. I covered the Steelers actually at the time. And not only did he feel like he should have got more money as a guarantee in general and was holding out for it, which Saquon did not do, but he argued, hey, Antonio Brown's here, but I'm the number two receiver on the team because you're throwing me the ball so often, which goes back to your era to now as well. So I should even be a higher level on a franchise tag or whatever the case may be. But the NFL owners still pushed back and said, I get all of that. But at your position, the tread on your tires is going to make your NFL shelf life shorter than a receiver, than a quarterback, than an offensive lineman, than even mm-hmm. anyone on defense, etc. So I'm concerned about giving you a four or five year deal for a hundred plus million dollars, all this guaranteed cash. Because in a year or so, or maybe even now, you're going to decrease in production, you're going to decline in ability, and maybe you're going to get hurt and be more likely to get hurt than other positions. He ended up holding out, didn't come back to the Steelers. His career didn't really go anywhere after that, kind of caught on with a few teams, but certainly wasn't a pro bowler anymore. And you mentioned earlier, there's a myriad of players at the running back position, when they sign that second deal, they end up dipping in production. So what would your response be to that as the other reason that even if you don't have the analytics working and don't have a collective group, I'm still concerned as an owner that the running back shelf life is shorter. And that's why I don't want to pay as much. Yeah. And what I say to that is cry me a river. It's football. People (laughs) get hurt all the time. It's true. You know, injury, my injury popped up and I got tore my quad in 05. I came back the next year. Ran for a thousand yards. I believe I was 29 years old, um, and it wasn't for I say. I, I mean, I, my story from going to Houston. You know, it's a sad tale, but I'm not gonna go into it. But long story short of it, I know where I should have been. I should have stayed in Green Bay because that was where everything started for me, and everything should have ended then, not coming back in '09. And, and Le'Veon so Bell come out and said the same thing. He regrets leaving the Steelers. Similar right. story. Yeah. So for me, yeah, no, for, for me, it's no regrets. It's just the way things worked out. You know, like it was in place. I shouldn't have been in Houston. It just happened. You know, one of those things I learned from that, but if I had my opportunity to be there in green Bay, I would have been there to those continuous years. And you would have saw production because I was in a place that my team knew who I was. They knew what type of person I was. And, my coaches knew what type of running back I was. So I was going to be the guy that grinds. I, I, I'm going to get three yards in a cloud of dust. I'm going to get screen plays that will be effective up the field and catch a defense off guard. So now with the quarterback that was there already, Aaron Rodgers, coming from Brett Favre, we were going to have a combination 
that works, that is effective. We won divisional titles. We ran through the playoffs. They were a Super Bowl team before I left, and that team I was on in 09, I knew that was it. If they would have had me or, you know, just, just throwing it out there, but then I knew I could have played well into my 30s. So it's just you got to find the right perfect situation for a team and a, and a player at running back who is of elite caliber to be a part of that team into their later years into their 30s because it can happen. We just got to have the defense – I mean, not the defense, excuse me. The GM and the coaching staff got to understand is just like they built that offense around that quarterback, around those wide receivers and bringing in the O-line, you got to do the same thing for the running back. You know, if you're going to draft a guy super high in the first round, high second round, you got to put them same pieces around that running back to be so that running back is just as effective. We, I already know. I knew at age five, I'm not going to be the running back I know I can be without offensive line. And then later as I grew up as, with a court, with a, a top-end quarterback and some top-end receivers and maybe a tight end that could block and catch the ball, it's a it's a accumulative uh, um uh, situ- uh, I say work, uh, effort. Uh, yeah, it's a effort, team excuse game. Me. Football's a, a constant. Right, it's a team game. Really because Pat Mahomes, yeah. Tom Brady, all them quarterbacks you mentioned are not who they are without those team players, the wide receivers catch it. Reggie, Reggie Wayne, yeah. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. You know, you don't you don't even mention a lineman because you don't even think about the lineman's names. You got worse. You got, uh, like I said, I know my lineman. Yeah. Mike Wall, Mike Flanagan, yeah. Marco Rivera, Mark Tauscher, Chad Clifton, Kevin Berry. Those <laughs> guys, not only did they help me in the run game, they helped in Bubba Franks. They helped Brett and Aaron with the pass game. Yeah. So it's, it's just finding that perfect situation to where it's going to happen, that eventually a team is going to be like, oh, you know what, we got to keep this guy. Because he, he's a guy, he's a leader in the locker room. Then on the field, on top of that, he's still putting up yardage, and he's 31. He's, 30, he's still doing uh, being effective. Because then that's another leader. And then that hopefully is the type of leader that will bring along the running back room, the other young guys you didn't now drafted to replace him to then do the same thing he did. So you can do that. So hopefully that will happen soon enough. It's going to be a lesson learned with these NFL teams. Among the two that don't, that already do it. So I'm not worried about them, 49ers and Ravens. They already run the ball. They, are respect, they respect the run game. You've got to do that. It's football. You have to respect the run game and when i say that that means you got a running back that will give you the respect when you have a christian mccarthy oh and also tennessee titans when you have a derrick henry you know when you have dk dobbins you have running back you have and lamar jackson on top of that you create problems for a defense you keep the defense inherently honest so they know they can't blitz the box put nine on the 100%. box they got to do they got to cover over the, over the top and make sure they are real rounded to make sure you don't stop this potent offense that has weapons at the wide receiver and at the running back position. Yeah, and, and I know that younger quarterbacks, especially nowadays, they want to do more play action passing. I know Kenny Pickett's talked about he thinks he'll get to the next level by doing more play action passing. And as you know, in order to do play action passing, you got to have a running game that works. You got to have the defense respect the running game, or they're going to laugh themselves and say, "Well, of course you're not going to run. You guys suck." So it, it yeah. has to work and be all together. And yeah, it is a team game. Absolutely, those quarterbacks, no matter how good they are, if the offensive line doesn't hold, they're not going to be able to do anything. And there's a lot of great yeah. players, as you know, over the years that they maybe could have been better than what they were because they weren't in great situations. If they would have been in better situations, then you don't know how their careers would have panned out in terms of offensive line protecting those quarterbacks better or even running backs, et cetera. Now, 
I just want to ask one more here, Amon, and I do appreciate the time again. And it kind of goes into this overall conversation because we talked about how there was a Zoom call between the current group of running backs right now, whether they're elite or just in general, whether they have contracts or not. They're in this Zoom call trying to discuss what they can do. And this was before Saquon Barkley signed, but he signed that one-year deal. He's going to be tagged again probably next year. He's going to be one year older, you mentioned, 31, 29. NFL teams right now are saying a running back too old. When they get to that age, they're not wanting to do the Adrian Peterson thing anymore. And we know the value of the position has been has been basically ripped apart and, and, and thrown in the trash can, according yeah. to NFL owners right now. And they're trying to get it some other ways and throw the money elsewhere. But is there anything that can be done or what can be done to try to revert it back and get running backs more respected, get them the money that maybe they feel they deserve and get that value back for the position? Because what we're seeing in the NFL was such a passing game, quick passing game. It's all important but teams keep on winning without elite running back. The running backs keep not getting paid mega dollars. Yeah. It looks like it's going the other way, but can it revert back and how can running backs fight this? Um, I said the only one way it could revert back to it is how just how how the passing game has changed. You know, there's a lot of rule changes for that. That helped out. Um, and obviously the physical part of it, athletes have gotten taller and faster. You got wide receivers now that are well over six feet and they run subpar four fours. Um, you have quarterbacks that are a lot more talented right now. I remember watching Pat Mahomes at Texas Tech and then finding out that he was a pitcher or his dad was a former Major League Baseball player. I was like, oh, my goodness, this kid is going to be talented at the next level. And the people that were around me when I mentioned that, they didn't get it because I, I they didn't play baseball. I did. I was a football player slash baseball player. And it's when you have a multi-sport athlete, you have something special. You have something that that is a phenomenon because that athlete can adjust on the run. If you ask them and show them how to do certain things in football, they already know how to change up things because they already learned how to play another sport. So that means they already know how to speak another language. They already know French. Now you want them to learn German or <laughs> Mandarin or um, Swahili. No problem. I've been doing that for I did that when I was five. I started playing baseball when I was eight. So when you have a Pat Mahomes, that's why you see a Josh Allen. That's why I see a Lamar Jackson. Now a Richardson that's here in Indianapolis. You have these quarterbacks now. Not only can they run the ball, they can throw it just like Joe Montana and the quarterbacks from my time growing up as a kid. You know, it's there. So it's going to happen with a running back. That evolution of a running back is going to happen to where we're going to have running backs playing strong well into their 30s. And then now you're going to have a, a, a financial crisis for GMs and owners because they're going to be like, all right, we got a running back that is 34 and he has 1,500 yards. He's averaging – he's still averaging 1,500 yards a season. Um, and then we have this quarterback that's throwing for 5,000 yards and 49 touchdowns. You know, we got – this is a good problem. But you yeah, and a salary out. cap, though. But, right, that's kind of the problem. Exactly, and then you have salary yeah. cap on top of that. So – yeah. I don't know the time on that, when that's going to happen, but as sports has transitioned and has evolved, I believe for the sake of the running back, that will be something that will change is the physicality of it. And then the tech, I say that then the, I say more of the stats side of it, because it was more like with the rule changes that helps out the pass game. And then it's less factors to stop the pass game now, because now if you hit a quarterback, you could breathe on them wrong. 
15 yard penalty. <laughs> and then that advances the ball upfield. Right. And then that that tells the defensive coordinator, uh, you got to tell your D lineman, OK, you can't sneeze on them. You can't lay heavy on them, you know, on the bottom of the pile, because then that's going to be 15 yards. Mm-hmm. And now it's the field is cut. You know, that's a quarter of the field gone. So you have all these different factors that helped out the pass game over the last 20 years. And that's why we do have what we do with the pass game that has now said to the offensive coordinator is we have so many factors that's only going to stop the ball being in the air. So it's a lot more factors with running the ball because you have yeah. the offensive line that has to be up, up the par. They got to be healthy. And they got. And then we got to go against the defensive line. Hopefully they're not the best, but this is the NFL. You face the best every week. So to have your running back to go over 100 yards every game, that rarely happens. You're not going to have, I don't know the stats, but to find a running back that's had 100 yards in 80% of their games in the NFL yeah. season – that's tough. Yeah, that's but, when you get to the Derrick Henry level or games exactly. played and you're looking at Exactly. Record. So yeah. to ask for that, to say, hey, no, we'll have a quarterback passing for 400 yards every game, then a running back rushing for 100 yards and two mm-hmm. touchdowns every game. Well, you know what? We'll take the pass part of it because then we'll figure out the analytics of money and all that later because we now we just got one player and maybe one receiver that we got to pay everything, and then everybody else we could, we could, we could spread out the rest of the salary cap among the other t- uh, offensive players on the team. so Yeah, and, and I do also think maybe it's a negative, too, that running back is a position that you can jump right in from college and be successful. It translates really well when you're an elite running back in college to the yeah. NFL. So your clock starts on when they kind of maybe think your shelf life's going to decrease quicker because a quarterback, no matter how elite you are, you've been paid Manning his first couple of years, it usually takes you a few years to get really, really good if you're going to be elite. So – they wait the course on the rookie deal, then pay you. But in a running back, by the time your first contract's up, they think, oh, you've already been a Pro Bowler two or three times over. You're only going to get worse from here. So that that is another thing that maybe that works against the position. But who knows? Things certainly can go back. It absolutely takes a yep. team. And I think something that maybe could help the running backs, which would be what Le- Le'Veon Bell was, that he regrets leaving the Steelers, what you were a little bit, what other backs can be, Saquon Barkley can be this is if you're more than just a runner and you can be a great receiver as well. You can overall help the entire offense. Yeah. So then you can say, I'm a part of everything. So even if it's a shorter deal, you got to cash in with a large guarantee because I can give you so much more and it ups your value of what you can offer a team as well. But we'll see where the future goes on. And I definitely appreciate the time for sure. I'll let you go get that deep dish in Indy here uh, in a moment before I do that though. I know you got a lot of a lot of work that you're doing right now, and you got a lot of shows that you're a part of right now. So, go ahead and promote yourself. Oh, okay. Um, so appreciate you on that, Mike. So yeah, like Mike, like Mike mentioned at the start of the show, my Greens Gamers Lounge is my podcast that I usually do on Wednesdays, but I was here at uh, Big Ten Media Day all day, so that's Wednesdays at 11 a.m. And then once football get here for NFL, which is probably next week. I have uh, on my block podcast with Mike Wall. We record on Mondays, usually um, on the, the podcast ecosystem on Tuesdays. And then Green and Gold G, G Lounge that I do it also for my former teammates, Dorsey Levins and Gilbert Brown. And it, usually we record on Thursdays and it's up by that evening there. And then locally, if you're in Omaha or if you're in Nebraska in general, um, and we're on YouTube and Twitch as well, it's 93.7 The Amon Green Show where I talk. Husker athletics, Husker football, 
and a little bit of my esports program that I'm, I'm growing there and developing in Lincoln, Nebraska. So that is where, where I'm at. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at right, let me see, right here. I see you. Amon Green 30. <laughs> yep. And TikTok, Amon Green's Gamers Lounge as well for any highlights from my show and my topics uh, that we talk about on the show there. So thank Mike. Thank you. Appreciate you. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you appreciate you jumping on with me. You have a lot going on and certainly can find him on social to, to get all of that. It's also part of the Believe Network with us. So I'm on. I appreciate the time. Hope to we'll be talking again someday. All right. Sounds good, Mike. Have a good rest of your day. Absolutely, man. I'm on green again, joining me there from Big Ten Media Days as we were going to be talking about. The NFL, we talked about the value for running backs today in the National Football League, and it's just not where it was when Amon Green was a pro bowler with the Green Bay Packers. Just the case. And he's going to fight the fight for running backs, of course. I wanted to get somebody on that could fight that fight, that has direct knowledge of what it was. He experienced it. He even talked about regret of leaving Green Bay, similar to the Le'Veon Bell story. His career really wasn't what it was in Green Bay when he got with the Texans, that kind of was the end for him. He feels he could have had several more years, though, if he stayed in Green Bay and was in that system that then would go on to win a championship as an overall great team, obviously, and continue to contend year after year. And if he would have kept putting those numbers up, maybe he would have been able to cash in more when he was an NFL player. We will see now. It's interesting that he was willing to come out there and say what I've been saying. Others in media have been saying that I don't know if everybody likes, but it's just the truth. Saquon Barkley taking that one year, no matter what the dollar figure is, he could have got $20 million for that one year. The fact that it's only a one-year security, the fact that it allows him to be franchise tagged next year, and the fact that it's not a long-term mega deal with tons of guarantee like we are seeing from quarterbacks, like we are seeing from wide receivers, like we are seeing from even offensive linemen, it's a loss. It's a loss for the collective, a, lot, a loss for running backs in their fight to try to change this. But as I brought up, Tom, on teams are winning championships year after year, and he even alluded to from Green Bay to now, that's 13 years now, without an elite running back, not many of them over that time. It's mostly a collective group of running backs. And if you can get that production from a collective group, why pay one man to do what three others or two others can do for a lot less money? Throw that cash to receivers, throw it to quarterbacks. You got to pay quarterbacks these days, obviously, and you still have a salary cap. It's increasing, but it's not unlimited. Defense, too, even though it's an offensive passing game, the league is about offense. And Amon talked about as well the rule changes for the passing game, for quarterbacks who open it up and have more points and more offense. That's why you're seeing numbers and records just off the charts every year from what it used to be. And that's not really helping the running backs either. Yeah, there are still some elite running backs. Derrick Henry still putting numbers up when healthy. But owners are still thinking, yeah, your shelf life and when you're healthy, it's not going to be as long as other positions. I can get that production from other spots. I can pay other positions. I can pay less for a couple guys to get your yardage. It'd be easier to have everybody be elite at every position, but there is a salary cap. And teams are doing it. The recipe's there. The Chiefs have an elite quarterback, an elite tight end. They had an elite receiver. They won with him, and then they won after that elite receiver left town in Hill. They just won last year without him. Solid defense, but I don't know if anybody there is truly elite of the elite. And then certainly not an elite running back, Hall of Fame head coach. 
And that can be the recipe to build a dynasty when you again have a Hall of Fame level quarterback like Amon had with Aaron Rodgers, like we are now seeing with Patrick Mahomes, like Brady, of course, was during the Patriots run without an elite running back, really. And then even with a collective group of running backs helping him in Tampa that did lead to a championship. I don't know. I mean, Amon has to bring you some positivity there. I absolutely respect the man for coming on, though, and being honest and talking both both sides of it with a media member. So, again, much loved Amon Green as he's doing work in media these days himself and all over the map, really. Again, go to <laughs> find him on social media for all of that. And in particular, the Amon Green's Gamers Lounge that I just find to be <laughs> awesome to go from being an NFL all-pro running back to now being this content creator that he is and, and member of media. So, again, the Amon Green story is one of success, to say the very least. But it's also an example of when you hit a certain age, your production dips. Maybe it wouldn't have been the case if he stayed in Green Bay. Who knows? But that's right now the conversation. Do you want to pay a running back when you can do other things? I don't know if it's ever going to revert back. With the rules the way they are, with the numbers we're seeing from quarterbacks, with teams winning championships without elite running backs year after year after year, call me a pessimist for running backs if you want. And I know Amon Green doesn't want to tell his fellow running backs all hope is lost. But he did agree. Saquon Barkley agreeing to the one year no matter what the dollar figure is. That's a loss. That's a bust for the overall collective in the fight. And I don't see it going back. At the very least, it maybe would be a difference and a big extension and a lot of money for a couple elite running backs with teams that are built that way, like a Titans with Derrick Henry, like the Giants with Saquon Barkley, maybe the Niners or Ravens, although the Ravens, of course, paid a quarterback in Lamar Jackson. Maybe. For those guys. But overall, the position is taking a hit comparison to others. And it may go the entire other way to where running backs don't want it ever to be. Where teams may just say, hey, I'll throw another receiver on the field. We'll almost get ready to run the running game altogether. And obviously that'll make play action passing and a lot of the passing game even more difficult. I'm not sure if teams really realize that. And offensive line is part of this too. But we'll just turn everybody into a receiver. And we're just... If you are running back, we'll give it to you as a reception, really. And we can have a smaller receiver do that role and play receiver and not actually officially running back, get rid of the position, almost make it like a center in basketball that, yeah, we just saw an elite level center with a collective team win a championship in the Joker with the Denver Nuggets. But prior to that, the center position for a while was a lost art with a few elite guys, a few elite guys. Dwight Howard did it big for a while in Orlando, but then once his career kind of dipped and he bounced around, and of course, again, the Joker now, but not many elite centers dominated. The Warriors' championship run, their dynasty was not in any way built off a center. That was almost the least valuable position for that team. It was a shooting team, and that's where the league then exploded with three-point shots and really shots from out of the gym. So that almost eliminated the center position. So when you talk about all-star appearances and all-star games and all-star selections, people have been arguing and argued, and you kind of get to that point, that it's positionless basketball. You just want to take the best guys. Kind of is positionless basketball in today's NBA. Kind of point guards also feel in the same thing, where point guard, certain players just become really shooting guards, masquerading as point guards. It says PG as their position, Steph Curry again, Russell Westbrook, but they're really shooting guards. 
And the Chris Pauls, once he retires, and his career is kind of headed that way now, the traditional quintessential Steve Nash, Jason Kidd, Chris Paul point guard. It's a thing of the past. Who knows how many more of those will pop up again? Certainly not at an elite level. John Stockton, we're talking 25 years ago now. So that position has kind of gone away. The NBA has become positionless. You can't do that, obviously, in the NFL. You can't have positionless in the NFL. But are they going to eliminate the running back position in that way, like the NBA has eliminated other positions in a way over the years, except for maybe the truly elite guys? We will see. We will see. This conversation is never going to die. It's certainly going to continue on. And we will see what happens with Saquon Barkley this coming season, what his production is, if he can stay healthy. If he plays all the games or maybe a little injury, he kind of gets scared and says, I don't have that extension that I've been arguing for, so now I don't want to get in there. He did mention in a recent podcast that Amon talked about that he doesn't want to screw his teammates over, believes this Giants team actually can win, can make a playoff run, and win a championship. So, again, we'll see how that ends for him. And a great year can be argued to be a negative, though. This is what the running backs are saying. It's the only position really in sports. But if you have a great year and he all of a sudden throws up 1,800 yards and 400 yards as a receiver and MVP of the team and they make a run, even if he's Super Bowl MVP, the owners are going to say, well, you're a year older. There's more tread on the tires. You're now more prone to injuries in the future. I want to pay you for the future, not the past. And you probably only got two or three more great years left. Then you're going to dip, if that. Whereas other positions, if a quarterback did that, had an equivalent season, they would say, we'll give you all the money you won for another 10 years at the age Saquon Barkley is now. So to catch 22, and I <laughs> I don't think there's much optimism in terms of the value of the running back position moving forward, but we will see if what Amon said here can go anywhere and get in the minds of NFL teams throughout the league. So again, thanks to Amon Green for joining me. And of course, this has been another episode of Mike Drop here throughout the Believe Network. You can find this show as well as everything we do throughout Believe, including Amon shows on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, anywhere you get your podcast. Feel free to download, feel free to review. And you also can find me as it shows you down there in the graphic at MikeOssi11 on Twitter, on social, on Instagram, on threads, if you're actually there. Anywhere you, you go there, you can find that handle. That's me on social media, and you'll get links to all of my personal media coverage, as well as, of course, this show and everything that happens throughout the Believe Network as well. So we will see where this conversation goes. We will. But the conversation about the value of the running back position in the National Football League and how it has been devalued, and I will say – I get where owners are coming from, as maybe some people don't want to hear that. We will see where all of that goes from you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.